0: Why does Tigger always smell bad? Because he hangs out with Pooh. Comedy is easy. On June 6th, Gabriel will be performing at the Black Oak Casino. It's in California somewhere. Who cares, you're not going anyway. June 7th to 9th, Gabriel is at the Comedy Underground in Seattle, Washington. Go to one of the early shows. The late shows are usually drunk and chaos. On June 12th, Gabriel is at the Aurora Borealis Club in Shoreline, Washington, and June 15th he's at the Raymond Theatre in Raymond, Washington. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates, go to gabrielrutledge.com. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Episode 23 of Happy and Assistant Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. <laughs> And now here is your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Check, check. Rolling. Did I make the uh, podcast intro song shorter? Yeah, I did. You're welcome. (laughs) I think it was like 30 seconds before, and now it's like 10 or 12, which is still too long. Uh, Oh, for God's sakes, I just started. And Buddy the Cat wants in from outside. Hold on. This is not a professional podcast. He's just standing there. I left the door open. He's just standing there. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I want. I want both worlds. I want my ass in the house and my face outside. Uh, I'm at home, obviously. I don't travel with the cats. Uh, and Don and Buddy are out there. I would say they're getting along a little better. I, if you haven't been paying attention, and you should have, uh, Don has been very mean to, uh, what was a new kitten. Now a young, I don't know what, a six-month-old cat is, an adolescent. Uh, so Don's on Prozac, and it's working pretty good. He's pretty mellow. Uh, probably Buddy's a bigger asshole now. He wants to fight him all the time, but, like, more like wrestling. It actually looks like foreplay. Um, which it, it's never gone past foreplay, but, you know, they're not legally Brothers. how can a love so wrong feel so right good cat incest jokes uh, about a minute into the podcast we are off to a good start good start i've had a uh, very light schedule recently i well i had that uh, i had that week in uh, denver i got bumped and rescheduled so i had the whole week off and then i had uh, i had a uh, Albany, New York, three days in Albany, and then this this last week I only had one show uh, in Chehalis, Washington, which is about 30 minutes from my house. Uh, so that's been, I mean, kind of nice. Uh, I always forget when I don't work that I don't make any money. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, it'll be so nice to have a break from my busy schedule, and then I'm like, Fuck! I forgot there's a connection between how much I work and how much money I have. Uh, show and was alright. It was a little, it was a little place, um, little brew pub type place. I already forgot their name. And, uh, it was probably 30 people there. I think 50 would have been capacity. Uh, and for a show that started off with, uh, I'd been on stage about ten seconds, and uh a, a, a woman I'll call her a woman a young lady she came in and asked if anyone in the room had jumper cables because <laughs> she she uh actually her friend needed to get her car started so for a show that started off with uh me doing sort of public service announcements for jumper cables, it ended up pretty good uh not bad at all um after the show uh i the middle act he uh he was like hey i read your book i didn't realize you were the person who wrote the book i was i was staying at someone's house and they had your book in the bathroom and i read it and uh there's an old mitch hedberg joke i tried to find it but i couldn't but it's i guess all mitch hedberg jokes are old now but we're uh <laughs> the, the, i'm i'm not going to do the joke but the it, it's basically uh you know, he's in the airport, a guy comes up to him and it says, like, hey, I saw you on TV And then, you know, that's it. Like no follow up information, no like good show. No nothing. And then I think Mitch's punchline is uh when he walked away he's like, Hey, I saw you at the airport today. You were great. Uh but that it was one of those moments where the guy just goes, I've read your book and then it just sits there, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck." And then uh, I, I think he must have sensed the awkward silence, and then he goes, "Thanks for sharing." <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> I, th- I thought the silence was awkward. I read your book. Thanks for sharing. That's, I mean, are we at an AA meeting? That sounds like something they'd say in an AA meeting, not that I've been. Apparently, if you go to AA, they tell you to stop drinking. So I'm like, fuck that. Why would I go there? But thanks for sharing. Holy fuck. I mean, I get what he's saying. I did share some personal stuff in the book. Uh, But me, (laughs) I I thought about that all the way home. I read your book. Thanks for sharing. Holy fuck. Like, like it's a grade school show and tell and I, I, I showed my favorite stuffed animal. Thanks for sharing, Gabriel. It looks well loved. Uh, and it's not the guy, if the guy happens to be listening, which I doubt he is, but I'm not mad at you. It was just the way the conversation shook down. <laughs> I read your book. Silence. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. I have feelings. I like to share them. I was sad once. Then I was happy. Then a lot of in between. End of book. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a. I'm going to have to remember that to tell people when I want to take the wind out of their sails. I mean, if you say thanks for sharing after anything, it really <laughs> makes the person feel like an asshole. Hey, I got a, I just got a promotion at work. Thanks for sharing. What? Hey, my wife just had a baby. Thanks for sharing. Sounds like that's really important to you. I appreciate you telling me. Thanks for sharing. Expect no gifts. Uh, Probably was not a bad week to not be uh, flying because it seemed like there was a lot of uh, troublesome weather around the country, I think. I know Dayton had a bunch of tornadoes. I think Oklahoma, at least, had a bunch of tornado warnings, and uh, that's. Uh, I was in Oklahoma. I mean, I've been a lot of places with tornado warnings, actually. Like, in fact, in Oklahoma City, uh, every Saturday at noon, they just play the tornado siren, like to to make sure it's working, I guess. But, you know, they don't tell you that when you land in town. And so, I mean, mean, the first time I was there, it was like, you know, noon. But also, you know, I stay up late and drink. And it's a two-hour time difference from where I live. So noon, it's like 10 a.m. You guys know how time works on the West Coast. So I'm usually asleep at noon on a Saturday in Oklahoma. And to wake up to... Yeah, I started googling. I'm like, holy fuck. I look outside, sun's shining, birds are chirping. I'm like, it looks okay. I'm like, are we gonna die? I texted the other comic. I'm like, is there are what's happening? And uh and uh, we both learned that they just test it out every Saturday. One time I was in Oklahoma City though, the Wednesday first show. Uh there was a bunch of uh ruckus. Uh the weather was obviously terrible, windy, weird color of sky that they have in the Midwest that they do not have on the West Coast, like purplish, greenish, like just things you wouldn't you know, like a little kid drew it. Like, well, the sky's not green, Jimmy, but that's very creative. Well, sometimes it is uh, during during a uh, tornado. And so I think uh, I think it got within fifteen twenty miles of where we were. They always, if you watch the TV, they're always like, "Watch out for this county." I'm like, I don't know what fucking county I'm in. I'm not from here. Uh, and they're like, you know, get in the basement and blah blah blah. I uh, I texted the club owner. And I said, "Uh, cause he he was like, he was holding on that like, yeah, we're still gonna do the show." And then eventually he's like, "Yeah, we're not doing the show. So just stay there." Uh, and I I texted him, "Is there a secret basement in here? I don't know about." And then uh, he's like, "Ah, best thing to do is go to the headliner's bathroom because it's in the middle of the house and sit in the bathtub if it gets too bad," which <laughs> luckily we didn't have to do that, but. It was, I mean, I was from, I'm from, you know, Washington State. There was a guy from New York, and I think there was a guy from, uh, California staying in the condo. And just like, if we would have all ended up huddled together in the bathtub, that would have been quite the, uh, treat. But, uh, no, I've never, uh, I've never been in one that is right where I am, thank God, because it, it looks terrifying. Uh, One time on vacation, when I, when I went with Christy, we weren't even married yet. We went to Mexico with her family. And, uh, there was a Hurricane Roxanne. And, uh, we had to, uh, we had to evacuate inland from our very nice uh, resort hotel. Uh, the, you know, the closer to the water you get, the nicer the hotel is usually. Except for lethal weapon where he had this, like, shitty little trailer, like, right on the beach? Like, where, where is that lethal weapon? What beach in California lets you pull your shitty trailer, like, right up to the water? That does not exist. But anyway, we're not here to talk about lethal weapon. Um, Or are we? Uh, Anyway, we had to evacuate Inland, and for some reason, you know, it's like, we're panicking but they are also like pack your shit we're all getting on a bus we're going farther inland cuz this thing could get bad and uh so you don't think oh it's a national emer- it's an emergency of weather let's make sure we wear some really cool clothing uh so you know we like put jeans and sweatshirts on which was an awful idea because we were in uh in an, an, we were in Cancun Mexico People who live in Cancun probably don't even have a sweatshirt. Uh, and so, you know, we go inland to this hotel that does not have air conditioning. Where They just put like 12 people in every hotel room just to like huddle together uh, until it passed. And it was hot as fuck, and we just were sweating profusely. Uh, we actually ended up going to the gift shop. And, uh, of the hotel, and I, I, uh, I bought, like, there's actually a picture on the refrigerator right now of, of me and, uh, me and my not-yet-bride. We were, I mean, we were fucking 21, maybe? And, uh, we bought these, like, big, <laughs> floral, dumb-looking, uh, touristy outfits just so we wouldn't have to sweat in our jeans, And uh, I believe I had to buy my wife underwear. And she was furious with my underwear selection. Because they were like big grandma bloomers or something. And I'm like, these these are emergency underwear. There was a big bin of underwear. And I just grabbed something out of there. I didn't. I wasn't looking for most flattering. I'm, I'm wearing shorts that go to my knees that have like trees on them. There's a frog on my ass right now, and you're worried about your underwear not being, uh, sexy enough? This is an emergency. But, you know, sometimes a, uh, a song can be ruined by a national emergency because it was Hurricane Roxanne. And, uh, everyone was getting fucked up because what else are you going to do when you get evacuated inland? And, uh... The room next to us there was like a group of bros just doing shots of tequila because you might not drink tequila uh, in america but once you get to mexico you're gonna drink some goddamn tequila and uh for hours they just sang the police song roxanne they sang roxanne over they played it they had a stereo of some type they played it over and over and over again Uh, and I have not, I didn't love the song before, but I have not really enjoyed the song Roxanne ever since the hurricane Roxanne and nothing was that bad. It was windy. We could have stayed probably. Uh, I think we were still, people were still waiting for buses to go back to their hotels and we just ended up taking a taxi and it was fine. Uh, the only casualties were my appreciation for the police and my wife's underwear. I don't believe those made the trip home. Uh, I'm drinking coffee today. I don't know one of my favorite mugs, which is a very dad thing to say. Um, I got this on my very first comedy road trip to Montana. The headliner stopped at some little place and was like, you got to get a souvenir. So my mug, it says, Rocky Mountain Oysters, Rock Creek Lodge, Montana, uh, Testicle Festival. And uh, there's like a cartoon bowl uh, with his mouth open with a pained expression uh, covering his balls. And it says, I had a ball. and Because uh, Rocky Mountain Oysters, if you don't know, are bowl testicles. Uh, which I, I believe I have eaten once. And they weren't bad. You can barely taste the ball. It was deep fried. You could fucking deep fry anything and you'd be like, that's, yeah, it's, it's alright. You could deep fry the hoof and be like, oh, that's, it's decent. Uh, but yeah, I, I've had this mug. Man, so what does that mean? Uh, this is probably 2001. And it's 2000. So this is like an 18, 17 year old mug that I have and uh that was I wrote about this in my uh in my book. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Um that was an interesting trip for me because you know, I I was a year into comedy, which I didn't realize was fucking nothing at the time. I was coming from the music band world where you pretended your band had been a band for 6 months. Because if you'd been a band for five years and you hadn't done that much, everyone's like, well, what the fuck's your problem? Comedy was like the opposite. If you do comedy six months, you should say five years so you can get some bookings. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm a, a year or less into comedy. I've done shows up and down the I-5 corridor in Washington State. And uh, I go to Montana and the, I, I uh I struggled. Like, I was not having great shows because it was like little cowboy bars and small towns, and you know, it, I just didn't have the confidence or stage presence or material, uh, to do. I mean, I, I think I, I did three or four shows, and I think one of them was good, and the other ones were like, whew. Now it's time for a headliner, and people are like, good, beat it. Uh, but the person I was with uh I don't I think in my book I didn't say, oh, I won't say the headline I was with has been around forever, like a Northwest guy, and he was murdering, he was absolutely killing at these Montana shows, but you know some stuff that we would you might call hacky, you know he had some props he'd pull out of a briefcase, he had some questionable crowd work, he had some uh Some street jokes, which is, you know what, you just like a regular joke joke, like two guys walking to a bar, like that kind of joke. Uh, He would just do some regular jokes in his act, and he was fucking killing. And so I'm in the back of the room, like, is this what what road work is like? Because I don't think I can do it. And sadness, yeah, I was sad about it, but I was also a little arrogant about it. Like, well, if that's... If that's what you have to do to do well in these rooms, I don't think it's for me. You know, not that I had the most... When I think back in the material I had, it's cringing. But it's... You know, I was just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to just tell fucking street jokes to get people to like me in Montana. Fuck it. So I was a little... I was sad, but I was also a little arrogant about it. Like, well, I guess I'm not going to stoop to that level to be entertaining. Uh... And then I you know got my mug went home, and uh a little bit after that i actually I opened up for in Olympia at the Go Club, which has been gone for a decade uh I opened for Mark Marin because the headliner from Giggles in Seattle would often do the Thursday in Olympia and uh you know Mark Maron was not w t f Mark Marin, but he was still he had a bunch of credits, and I was uh I don't know how familiar with them I was, but I heard good things. And, uh, I opened for him and I had a really good set. I was, you know, I was middling. I don't know what I was doing. 25, 30 minutes. I did well. Uh, and then he didn't do that well. But I was watching and I was really, I just never really seen someone do comedy like him, like super conversational. You guys know what Mark Maron's like. I mean, he wasn't at his full powers yet, but it was still the same style, and like I really liked it. I was super into it. You hear that plane flying by? Holy shit. How low is that plane? It's like eight feet off my roof uh anyway i I was digging Mark Maron. I loved it, and he was but on stage he was struggling. And I remember this redneck looking dude came up to me. Uh, and he was like, he goes, I don't know what the fuck he's doing up there, but you were funny. And then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm the road hack now. I'm the guy who was palatable for this kind of redneck room that we're at tonight. Uh, and Mark Marin is, uh, too lofty. For these simple folks. So, you know, a little life comedy lesson for me. Uh, One week you're the principled artist and uh, the next week you're the road hack. I also, I have a, I guess I have a son, I, I have a mug, I have a son too, but I have a mug my son made me. From fucking forever ago. It's chipped, but it says dad on it. I think the D might even... One of the D's might even be backwards. I still have... I like that one. Uh, I have uh, I have one from Gotham Comedy Club that they gave me. Uh, when I did Live at Gotham in 2009. And uh, I also have a mug that I love that... Uh, <laughs> was given to us by a fan of the Rutledge's podcast. Uh... <laughs> Because, uh, I, uh, Megan, I believe her name was, um, I had post, I was, I had done a show in, uh, at an air force base in Texas, like got to go on the flight simulator and all kinds of stuff. We went on a tour of, uh, of the base and they told us fun stories about a guy who had diarrhea and <laughs> shit all over the cockpit. Ah, thanks for sharing. Uh, so I took this picture next to, like, I don't know what it is, an F 16 or something. And I think I captioned it on Facebook as something like, uh, excited to start shooting, uh, for NBC. Some of, I called it Grunge Pilot. Just cause, you know, I was a long haired dude with a beard. I obviously didn't look like I belonged in an F 16. So I was, I was like excited that, uh, NBC picked up our, uh, picked up the show Grunge Pilot coming this fall. And I, I thought it was pretty obviously a joke. Uh, I mean, <laughs> a show called Grunge Pilot sounds pretty fucking rough. Uh, but, uh, one person very sweetly did not think it was a joke. And they sent me a super earnest, heartfelt message like I'm so excited that you got this NBC show coming up you're so funny I always knew you'd get an opportunity like this and I had to very sadly tell him ah, thank you for the kind words but I that, i was joking there's no, there's no show called Grunge Pilot you know I mean sure there's a show called Jazz Bus Driver do 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 That's the sound of the bus lowering. Psh! Uh No, there's no Grunge Pilot. And he was like, oh, man, I feel like an asshole. I'm like, I feel like an asshole. Uh, but that, to me, it was, I mean, Grunge Pilot. Why would there be a show called Grunge Pilot? Uh And also, I'm not talking to people from NBC. I'm not pitching anyone a show called Grunge Pilot. <laughs> Fighter Pilot by day, but at night. He plays bass Now So uh, Megan Podcast fan Megan uh, For the Rutledges uh, She made this mug It says It has my picture Next to the F-16 It says Gabriel Rutledge starring in And then the other side says Crunch Pilot Uh, And I love that mug too That's what we do on this podcast We talk about our favorite things What's your favorite thing? Email me, Gabriel at gabrielretledge dot com. These are a few of my favorite things: my bull balls mug, my grunge Pilot. Uh, actually, before we get too far into that song, uh, let me do my plug. Hey, sent you, by the way, if you want to sponsor an episode, send me an email, Gabriel at gabrielretledge dot com. I just said my name wrong, but you get it. Or send me a message on social medias, or hire a pilot to skywrite it. Um, five bucks, I'll plug whatever you want. The entire month of June has been pre-plugged uh, by Casey McLean. Uh, Casey McLean, I have been on his podcast, which is called the Casey McLean Show. Clever title. Um. And actually, this week, this isn't even the plug, but this week uh, at the Comedy Underground, June 7 to 9, Thursday through Sunday, uh, he is middling, and I am headlining. Uh, but what I'm plugging for Casey is uh, on June 30th at Shaka Bra Java. I don't think I said that right. Shaka Bra, that's better. What's up, bra? <laughs> Shaka Bra Java, which is in Tacoma, 6th Avenue. Uh, it's a cool event space. I've only seen pictures. I haven't been there. But June 30th, Shock Abroad Java in Tacoma, uh, Casey is doing a show that he calls Casey's last show for a while, uh, because he's doing, um, uh, his wife is having a baby. And so, uh, after the show in June, he's going to take a couple months off and uh, not do comedy for a while, and uh, so he uh, is doing this show June 30th. He's doing 45 minutes. I think he's going to record it, maybe for an album. We'll see. Uh, tickets are absolutely free. All you need to do uh, is make a reservation for that free ticket. Uh, you, I mean, you could find Shaka Bra Java on Facebook or probably com. but I'm going to put uh, a ticket link in the podcast episode notes uh, so you can make your reservation. Go check out Casey. There'll be some other funny people there too. Uh, Shaka Bra Java, 7 p.m., June 30th. It's a Sunday in Tacoma. Casey's last show for a while. Hit that link. Get some tickets. Hello, this is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts—the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, if you don't have a podcast, congratulations—you probably. Have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, But if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry. And you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, It's easy. It's free. Uh, They distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which apparently is just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship. But I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So... Worth it? Of course it is. Uh go to anchor.fm or the anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of the Rutledges. Uh I actually uh I mean I, I remember when I had my first uh baby. Uh that baby who just turned seventeen and I'm trying to get him to apply for a job, and, uh, it's it's not going well. I mean, I don't want him to have a full-time job. I don't know. I just want him to think about getting a job. I don't know if I want him to have a job. It's not like he drives. I'd have to drive him there. But he was filling out this job application, and, uh, they, you know, they had one of those bullshit questions. It's like, reasons we should hire you. He's like, what should I put? And I said, uh... Uh, I think you should put, uh, I don't know, uh, that you are a hard worker and you have a good attitude. And he was like, So you want me to lie? (laughs) I'm like, Yeah, I do want you to lie. They want you to lie. I guess put your honest, but you know, it never pays to tell the truth in a job application. What hours are you available? Very limited. What's your biggest weakness? I quit things a lot. No, you don't. My biggest weakness? I work too hard. I care too much. I applied for a job at Target once uh, as a much, much younger man. And uh, I believe I didn't get the job because they had all these weird questions. One of them was, uh, have you ever been in a fist fight? And I was like, yeah, I have. I didn't think that's why I didn't get a job. Now, that fist fight was in fourth grade. But you know, I wanted to tell the truth, but apparently they didn't want a uh, they didn't want a, a brawler stocking their shelves. Which uh, okay, Target. I've seen some of your employees. Uh, biggest qualification seems to be uh, owning a red shirt. Maybe that's how you get a job there. You just show up in uniform, and they're like, "Looks good. Go get some carts." If anyone asks you anything, it's important to tell them you don't know. Excuse me, where are your toasters? No idea. Wow, you must have been here a while. You could try electronics. Maybe toasters are electronics. <laughs> you know what? I'd like to talk to your manager. I am the manager. I've been here three weeks. Jesus, Target. it has got a real Walmart vibe in this Target. Uh, but my son, uh, 17-year-old son now, when he was first born... Uh, I went on the road a little bit, uh, but, you know, the plan was, you make all these plans before you have a kid, and then, you know, that kid shoots out and just destroys all your plans. Uh, but, you know, the plan was like, oh, I'm gonna work still at this restaurant some, and I'm gonna go on the road and start to do this comedy thing, because clearly, I'm a, a couple years in. And, uh, I'm gonna be wildly successful really shortly. And I was gonna stay home for two months before I went on any road trips. And, uh, Johnny was two weeks late. Um, so he's not a hard worker. He didn't start his life as a hard worker. He was two weeks late. And so it was actually only six weeks before I went on uh, my first road trip, and I remember what it was. And I didn't think too much about it at the time, other than like, oh my God, I'm leaving my wife and new baby, and that felt weird. But my first comedy road trip, when I had a six-week-old child, was I went to the Crazy Moose Casino in Pasco, Washington, which is not there anymore, and it was... uh. It was a weird gig because I think they had to have live entertainment in order to have the gambling for some reason. So they didn't. The, it was a free show. Uh That's how much they cared about the comedy there. But anyway, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I believe I was making $200. Maybe 250 Uh You know. And at Pasco's a good four and a half, five, four and a half hours from Olympia, probably a drive. That's like, well, I got to go earn money. Sure, I'd love to stay here with the baby, but I've got to go make $200 for three days, four and a half hours. Like, oh my God, it just sounds like a terrible idea. Why did I do that? I mean, if someone told me they had a new baby and they were like, No, I got to keep doing comedy road work. I got to make $200 a weekend. I'd be like, that's stupid. You're being a moron. But I was that moron. And I can't say it was a bad idea because it did lead to me eventually, you know, becoming a somewhat successful uh, stand-up comedian. But it's, holy shit. I mean, that makes no sense to do that. It really doesn't. That was gonna, I was gonna work some and go on the road and then, uh, my wife was going to work for her mom doing office stuff. And then, like, if I was on the road, she would just, she she would just bring the baby to work. Cause that's a thing that's easy to do. I'm just gonna take the baby wherever I go. It'll be fine. And, uh, you know what? There are some babies in the world that you can just take wherever you want. Uh, my wife and I have never had those babies. Uh, those babies are the we had, uh, uh, don't let you do shit. They scream and yell. All of our kids had acid reflux. They were born like little old men, uh, with acid reflux. They were fussy. They didn't just chill out. They weren't content. They needed a lot of attention. And, uh, we, we really couldn't take them anywhere, uh, without it being a problem. Uh, but that's what happens to your plans. You're like, "No, we gotta figure it out. We got this. What could go wrong?" My wife's is gonna work for her mom, who she doesn't get along with. <laughs> I'm gonna deliver Mexican food a couple days a week, and then go on the road and make up to two hundred dollars a week. What? <laughs> Why do people think being a parent is hard? We have the perfect plan. What could go wrong? We have really cheap rent. <laughs> we did have cheap rent. And then we realized why. Right when my son was fucking born. We realized our next door neighbor and landlord was a registered sex offender. We're like, oh, that's why I rent so cheap. And, uh, we didn't even get to move. We didn't even move right away because we just couldn't. But it's, you know, not like the dude was going to break in and do something. But like, you know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to live next door to a sex offender if you don't have children. But when you just had one, you're like, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here. And by the way, the, the wife of the registered sex offender would be like, I love babies. Please have them come over and visit. Like, fuck you, lady no it's not going to happen anyway we made it work just not with any of the ideas we had then for being uh for being a couple of punk rock kids uh my wife and i ended up with super traditional gender roles. I mean, obviously being a stand-up comic isn't a traditional occupation. But, like, I've been the main breadwinner. My wife has been a stay-at-home mom. Uh, which, uh, that's... None of those are good ideas. Having... My wife works now uh, a little bit, like one day a week, which don't get me wrong. That money is, it's not like we don't spend the money she makes. It's, it's appreciated, but like, I don't know. I think one of the very dad things about me is, uh, is I worry about money. It's a very dad thing. I don't care about the thermostat. Fuck with the thermostat, kids. I don't care. I don't walk around turning lights off behind people. I mean, I do fall asleep, and I I do fall asleep in my chair a lot. That's a dad thing. I, I chair nap. I never chair napped before I was thirty five. Now I love a good chair nap. Uh, but I uh I, I I worry about money. And I don't want to, but I have to. Not that my wife is spending frivolously. It's not like you know. It's not like she comes home from the with all these shopping bags, and I'm like, what? like it's a sitcom. Like, what did you do? It's not like that. It's just, I don't think she makes, I'll say this. I don't think my wife knows how much gas costs ever. I don't think she looks. I don't think she notices. I don't think it enters her brain. She just fills up the gas and uh, moves on with her life. And I look and I go, fuck, it's getting expensive. you know i didn't uh i had a <laughs> i had 200 dollars of income this week well 300 after merch that's not a lot Be- you know that's unfortunately the the reality of uh, of comedy is like some weeks you make you make a lot some weeks you make nothing i mean <laughs> even the, even that pasco room that i'm teasingly talking about making 200 bucks at You know, eventually I would headline that weekend and I would make 500. That's still not crazy money. Uh, but what, you know, I felt like I was big time at the time, like 500 bucks for Thursday through Saturday. So people who said I wouldn't make it, fuck you. I made it. I'm doing comedy in a free room that also has free pizza. It was literally like, if you put up with the comedy, we'll give you free pizza. Which they charged us half off for. Fucking assholes. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I worry about money. I, I, you know, it's, uh, it sucks. I hate it. You know, my son, I've talked about his Taekwondo before. They're like, yeah, w- he's doing so good. We're gonna, we're gonna invite him to join the Black Belt Club. I'm like, oh, well, what's the Black Belt Club? Well, it means he gets this uh, blue uniform, and he gets all this sparring equipment. Cool. And it's $300. I'm like, oh, yeah. I get the feeling everyone gets to join the Black Belt Club when enough time has passed, and you're like, it's time to get $300 out of these people. You know? And then uh, my wife bought PAX tickets. This week's, which PA, I don't know if you know what PAX is, but it's, uh, (laughs) it's like a video game nerd festival where people get together in the convention and walk around and look at games that are going to come out and they'll wait four hours in line to play a game that's going to come out two months later that they can buy for $20. I don't get it. My son's into it. Uh, so another 300 something dollars in PAX tickets. And I hate, I hate that. Like, you know, because it's hard to get PAX tickets. My wife has, like, this, you know, follows them on Twitter. And, like, as soon as they go on sale, she's, like, getting them. And she's like, I got the PAX tickets. And I hate that I have my first thought is, like, how much money was it? I hate that. I hate that dad shit. Uh, Because it doesn't matter the amount of money. You know, we already knew we were going to buy them. You know, so, but anyway, I hate that feeling. I hate that no matter, I hate when we're, if we're out at dinner and my kids are like, can we get milkshakes that I, I look at the menu and I go, hmm, three times five, 15, 15 extra dollars plus tip for the milkshakes. No, we can't get milkshakes. You know, or if I have to go, "Yeah, we're all gonna go out to the movies, and they're like, "Can we get snacks?" and I'm like, "No, <laughs> we can't. It's like sixty bucks for the tickets, and no, uh, it'll be another fifty for the snacks. I didn't really want to spend over a hundred dollars uh to see minions." And then my kids just glare at me like I'm an asshole. And I'm like, I don't... How did I end up this way? Why? How did I... <laughs> I'm taking naps in chairs. I'm bitching about the price of M&Ms at the movie theater. I don't want to be this person. But here we are. You know what PAX needs? They, uh, in between all of their, uh, you know, video games that are going to come out and they have like tournaments and merch. And you know what they need at, at PAX though is a hygiene booth, uh, where they can teach people how to apply deodorant, brush their teeth, uh, perhaps not wear the same t-shirt over and over again. I mean, I hate to stereotype. I don't want to be like people who are video game nerds uh, are 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 smelly nerds. But god damn it, they are smelly nerds. I don't. It's like a genetic. It's like people you would see on the street and go, "I bet that is a person who would go to a video game convention." That's who's there. Not just kids, but like adults who have a genetic look that says, "I'm a dork." Not everyone there. But, you know what I mean? Like, the shape of their skull lets you know that they're probably pretty smart and they don't play sports. <laughs> but they need to shower more, some of them. They really do. My son used to hang out at the comic book store uh, to play a... Uh, uh, Pokemon the card game? No, he doesn't have a girlfriend. Why do you ask? Uh, Anyway, uh, the (laughs) comic book store people are like, in some ways, they're so cool. They're so like, it's such a fun community uh, of people. They know each other. They have similar interests. They go super in-depth. A lot of them were playing these like super involved games that obviously took a lot of intelligence and... But it's also like, I don't know, maybe buy less swords and more soap. You know? To defeat life's boss level, you're going to need to take a shower. I'll just put that, to put that in terms maybe you could understand. I'm being mean to nerds. I'm so, I don't I love nerds. Nerds are nicer than jocks. To put it in the 80s uh <laughs> 80s uh rom-com terms. But uh I don't know. There's even a voice. There's like a <laughs> There's a there's a <laughs> I'm looking at my window right now at a sub, buddy uh chasing a squirrel, which he almost got the squirrel, but he would have been terrified if he got the that squirrel could kick your ass, buddy. Pick your battles, pal. Buddy There's even like a I would call it a geek voice. And again, there's plenty of people at the comic book store that look like they lift weights and shit. You know what I mean? It's not all but you know you're stereotypical if you had to point at a guy and go like that guy enjoys comic books. There's like a weird voice like greetings and like what are Where are you from? It's not an accent, it's like they just got you know Why do you talk like that? My parents were both dorks. Why am I why am I being so mean? <laughs> I just This is like a I'm on the wrong side of the Revenge of the Nerds movies. When when my son would, was doing the Pokemon uh, card game, it, if, <laughs> if someone said something funny, which, by the way, I, didn't, I never understood. It wasn't anything I would call funny, but it was like some sort of inside joke that I wouldn't get. You know, like, <laughs> hey, did you hear Did you hear so and so said Pikachu is a water type <laughs> but the laugh the laugh that you would hear like a full table laugh it's it was like the sound that actually new cars don't make the sound anymore but like old cars when they would get shitty it would take them like a while to turn off like i back when i when I was driving the seventy three nova and uh or even my uh I had like an S10 pickup truck and like it was the kind of thing where you could turn the car off, walk to your front door and your car would still be making sound by the time you walked in the house. That's what that's what the nerd laugh is. Someone says something funny and then it's just like. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where does that come from? Is that a learned behavior? Are you genetically predisposed to nerd laughter? Probably not. It probably just, you, you just acclimate to your environment. You probably come in laughing like, ha ha ha. And then, you know, six months later, like. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the stoner laugh. Like I've, I've smoked pot in my life. I, I know people who smoke pot, but how much pot do you have to smoke? Before you get the voice. You know the voice. The stoner voice. You know what I mean? Like, when does it go from like, yeah, I actually uh, smoke pot quite frequently to like, yeah, man. I love getting high. (laughs) When does that happen? Is it mid-joint? All of a sudden, after a couple years of smoking pot... You're just like, (laughs) yeah, it's time, man. All right, Tommy Chong. It is time. I'm not anti-pot. I can't be anti-pot because I'm pro-alcohol. And there's some similarities, you know what I mean? Weed's more natural, man. Fine, maybe it is. Maybe it is more natural. So those dog shit uh, i'd still prefer alcohol <laughs> those are your choices you know it's a good party when they're like you want alcohol weed or dog shit those are our choices let's smoke the dog shit man i'm up for it uh but i will i will say it's very well known how much alcohol can ruin your life. Everyone knows someone or is someone who alcohol has straight up ruined their life. Uh, whatever. Lost things they love. Died early from liver failure. Everyone knows what alcohol can do. But uh, I'm, let's not pretend that pot doesn't low-key ruin lives. It does. Well, Mo- imagine a person. Don't imagine. Think of the person you know who smokes the most pot. I'm guessing it's not a life you want. I'm guessing. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe you want to own an iguana. Maybe Maybe more black light in your house is is cool. Wake and bake, brah. <laughs> like that, for example. If, you know, wake and bake. We all know people who are stoners who are like, they say they wake and bake, and you're like, yeah, cool, good for you. If someone told you they snooze and sipped, like, yeah, first thing in the morning, I have a shot of tequila and chase it with uh, three Budweiser's. You'd be like, get help, fucker. You're insane. But for some reason, wake and bake, you're like, yeah, it's just a marijuana enthusiast. I'm sure they can handle it. And I, I was actually, I was talking to, uh, again, and again, I'm not anti-marijuana. I'm not anti-comic book. Holy shit, I'm just coming down on everyone today. Uh, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone who smokes pot, but I, I was talking to, uh, Joe Larson, cause I I was doing shows with him, very funny guy, Joe Larson, and when I was in Albany, and we were, and we were talking about how people who, well, to take it to the extreme, uh, alcoholics tend to be better comics than potheads. I'll just say it. Uh, there's exceptions, but, like, you know. In general, I think that's true. And uh I, I was saying I don't know I mean pot does it pot's not always if you do too much pot it can, it does affect your life. Of course so does drinking. Cocaine. No <laughs> You know. I get it. If if you do heroin first thing in the morning, that's not uh not gonna be a good life either. <laughs> Roll over and heroin, man, that's how I start my day. Waking bags for pussies. Coke and brush. Cocaine while I brush my teeth. That's how I start my day. Listerine and methamphetamine. That's how I start. You guys get the idea. But Joe said something that was so funny to me that I've been thinking about. He, he was like, have you, ever, have you ever been to a stoner's house and thought like, oh, this is a cool place. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I haven't. You've never you've never been to a stoner's house and thought like wow great stuff you have here Well I see you uh, you actually framed your Bob Marley poster. Well that's cool. Good for you Alright, I don't why? Why? I'm being mean to stoners, I'm being mean to comic book people, I'm being mean to video game nerds. Uh this was a, a very hate filled judgy episode. Um but you know what? If you don't like it, fuck you. And by fuck you, I mean send me an email and I will regret everything I said. Stoners don't send emails. They think about it and then they forget. You know, you know what I think the problem with uh with being a, a frequent marijuana user is is there's not enough regret. Like, <laughs> I like regret in my drugs. If you are, if you drink, you have regret. You're like, oh my god, I feel terrible. I drank too much last night. I shouldn't do that again. Or, there's a period of time that I don't remember last night. I hope I didn't do anything stupid. Or, who the fuck is this person next to me in bed? Uh, you know, Alcohol has regret. There's not a lot of regret in marijuana. There's satisfaction of like, what a what a great time I had last night giggling at something silly or sleeping and relaxing. So it kind of just like low-key sucks the motivation out of your life. It makes you too satisfied, which is the beauty of the drug, where you're like, you know, I could watch a movie, or I could watch a movie high and uh, kick it up a notch. You know? As opposed to alcohol, which is like, I drank so much, I don't even remember the movie. Was the movie good? I don't know. I gotta start going to movies sober. Uh, So anyway, that's that's all I'm saying. No drugs are good, and they're all great. Tip your weight staff. <laughs> Uh anyway um, I'm gonna wrap it up if you have a uh, I didn't look but if you uh, I keep calling them iTunes reviews but it's actually iTunes I guess it's an it's an Apple it's an Apple podcast review it's the same thing but it's not called iTunes anymore but anyway give me a review rate review subscribe and forget God's sakes, take a fucking shower. Talk to you next week.